这些话是耶和华在山上从火中、云中、幽暗中大声小玉你们全会中的<笑> 谨守他的一切律例建立就是我所吩咐你的以色列你要听你要谨守遵行以小福人数极多进行你的这里你要听耶和华我们的神是独一的主你要尽心尽心尽力爱耶和华你的神我今日说吩咐你的话都要记在心上也要殷勤教训你的儿女无论你坐在家里行在路上躺下起来都要谈论要记号戴在头上为
How are they transmitted and how can they be reversed? So the purpose of this message, first of all, is for me to say good morning to you and welcome to Akron Christian Chinese Church. And I'm asking that you do something very special today. That sometime today before you go home, that you find someone that is younger than you. And that you provide a blessing for them. That you let them know that you're praying for them. That you are glad that they are here. And that God will bless their lives. Because the purpose of this message today is to proclaim a powerful biblical concept that can change generations. It can affect your life and the life of your children and your children's children. You're getting a little ahead. I don't even, I'm not even married. But we have gathered today as the church of Jesus Christ. And all of us are the fathers and the mothers of the children of the church. And the children of the church are looking up to us as the big people in their life. So what we're talking today is not so much about your personality, but we're talking about your character. What is the difference between personality and character? Your personality is what you are in public and everyone looks at you and you're dressed up and you smell good and you look good. And everyone says, doesn't he or she have a nice smile? That is our personality. But our character is revealed when no one else is around. When we are all alone, that is when our true character is revealed. And may I say, I am very encouraged by the character of the church here. Marcy and I have been personally very blessed by your love for us over these last few years. 
Many of you know that two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with a very serious cancer. 弟兄姐妹都知道，两年半之前，医生诊断我是个很严重的癌症。It began to eat away at my bones and took away my ability to walk. 这个这个癌症非常的严重，它腐蚀我的骨头，使得我不能行走。And for oh, almost two years, I was in a wheelchair and a walker. 两年之间，我只是坐在轮椅上，而且要靠呃手杖来走路。Because of the love of the body of Christ, including this church. 因为教会神的爱，包括我们中国教会的爱。We are here today, Marcy and I are here today, and we say thank you, and we love you, and value and appreciate you so very, very much. 今天我跟我的妻子中间，我向弟兄姐妹中国教会说，我非常感谢，非常的啊，谢蒙到你们的鼓励。Now I say that from the bottom of my heart, from my character, not just my personality. 当我这样说的时候，从我的心底所说的，这不是过去我的我的一个性格，而是讲到我的一个品格。The difference between personality and character is very, very important to understand. 当我们必须很能够了解什么是性格，什么是品格的区别，是很重要的一件事情。Our personality is what other people see. And they can tell when we are around them. And remember, character is revealed when no one else is around. While doing research for a book called "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People." 呃，我我我我做呃一个呃一写一本书，就讲到说呃一呃一些。How many of you are familiar with the book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Many of you have. Yes, all of them. He went over 200 years of all of the success. Literature that he could find as part of his dissertation. And he discovered a very interesting phenomenon. He found a very interesting phenomenon. He said that for the first 150 years of the, of the United States, the focus was on character. Things that I am very impressed within the Chinese American community. And I, I see this very often in the、uh, Chinese community. Things like hard work. Delayed gratification. No, no dating while you're a teenager. Yeah, in childhood, when children, no, no dating. And、uh, being able to、uh, set goals for the long distance in the future for education and success. But Covey found that in the last 50 years. That much of the so-called success literature was focused on personality. 近几代的五十年来，这些这些这些呃，除了呃杂志文学，你们都讲到是在特别的个性。People were not very humble. 这里面看到人都很不谦卑。And books came out like looking out for number one. How to get ahead and beat people in the in the workplace? 怎么样在能够把
Our culture is more focused today on personality than it is on character. And I want to say to you, this is one of the biggest takeaways today, is that it is character that will be transmitted to our children. Our children of our church will look up to us as the big people in their life. And so the question is, is what kind of character are we transmitting to the next generation? And that is why we read the scriptures today that we read. That the word of God and the power of God is to be imprinted upon our hearts. And we are to impress these things on our children. And the idea very clearly is that our children will impress them on their children. So do you see why we have to keep three generations in mind when we make the decisions that we do? And I say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, with the love of Christ, please take on the responsibility of passing on to the next generation, to children and to the children's children. That is something that we as a church can embrace together, our children. And so we begin to teach children things like commitment. And honor. And honesty. And hard work. And chastity. And purity. And here is a word that we don't even use anymore. <laughs> the word is called industry. When we think of industry now, we think of smokestacks and, and uh, building. But in the early days of the country, industry meant hard work, delayed gratification, and setting good goals. We used to say this person was an industrious person. So, let's talk, let's just have a conversation this morning and talk about generational effects. 
Because the children of this church are very, very precious. And hopefully in your small groups you have younger families that have children. And you see the teenagers that are here at the church. And I am begging you in the name of Christ to please reach out to these youth of our church. Because they are the next generation of the church. And what they learn from us, they will transfer to the next generation. And so when we talk about generational effects, what are they? It is the things that we value the most. It is what we really, truly believe. It's the quality of life that we have. And we learn these things in our own families of origin. And I just simply mean this the family that we grew up in. And the church that we grow up in. We are learning generational effects. So what do we learn in our own families of origin? We learn about ourselves. We learn about God. We learn how to relate to one another. Are we peaceful people? Do we learn how to forgive one another? Do we as a church really believe in the unity of the body of Christ? Knowing that it is in the unity of the body of Christ that the Holy Spirit will come. It is the lifestyle that we learn that is then carried into our adult life and when it becomes permissible then you can get married and then God willing have your own family and we are trying very hard to keep our children connected to the body of Christ so God always talks about generation to generation and we receive many blessings as well as wounds in our families as one person said it's the good, the bad and the ugly and the critical question is and I, I ask you this Really, as, as, as friends, what do you want to pass on to the next generation? And our children will tend to do what we do even more than what we say. 
我们的孩子他们所做的是照我们的去做 because they will watch how we interact with one another. They will watch how we honor the Lord. They will watch how we work with one another in the body of Christ. And modeling is the key. What do you want to pass on to the next generation? And I say this almost, you know, very emotionally because these little children, they're running around and sometimes they, you know, they get a little irritating at times. (laughs) But these children need us. They are looking up to us. And when we look them in the eye and tell them, you are so wonderful and I love you very, very much. And you embrace them and give them a good hug. You are transmitting to them the very love of Jesus Christ. And they are beginning to internalize a view of God that is good. And those things that we say to the children, the things that we say to the children, they will learn how to say about themselves. It is very important for the older generation to reach out to the younger generation. Maybe give them a horseback ride. Can you do that? Some say, oh, my back hurts. But I can tell you that when you get down to the level of the child, or or today at lunch when you have a chance to talk to one of the teachers, and you say, oh, Dr. Litchie was talking about the generational effects. And I want you to know how proud I am of you. And how much the church loves you. I can tell you that that will help anchor these young people to the future of the church. In his wonderful little book called The Spirit of the Disciplines, the author is a, a gentleman by the name of Dallas Willard. And he writes about how we can actually become like Christ. He said that we can become like Christ by actually following him in the style of life that he chose for himself. Do we really believe that Jesus was intelligent? Do we believe that he was smart? 
Do we believe that he knows more about engineering than the best engineer here at the church? And do we believe he knew how to live to be constantly at home in the presence of the Father? What kind of activities did he engage in? In other words, what did Jesus really do? I can tell you that he blessed the children. Children would climb all over him. I say like a playground equipment. <laughs> and you remember the disciple the, the, the disciple said, Oh, push these children away. And Jesus said, No, let the little children come to me. For such is the kingdom of God. He embraced the children. And he lived his life in prayer and in service and in giving and in healing and he gave his life for us so that we could be saved and live forever with him. That's how Jesus lived. So let me ask you, how are these... Are you with me so far? We're talking about generations. We're talking about owning this responsibility for the younger people in our church. How are generational effects transmitted? Well, first of all, there is the family atmosphere. And when I talk about the family, I'm also including the family of God, the body of Christ, the church. And so the question is, is, is there cooperation or is there competition? What are the parents' attitude toward their own roles in the family? Is there a sense of order or is there chaos? Is there, is there a sense of mutual respect? Is there an honoring of one another? And I can tell you that one of the things that, that I will say publicly is that through my great illness, I have really benefited from the body of Christ. And I have especially benefited from a loving wife who has taken care of me. I say she has put up with me. And that has taken a very special grace. So not only is the family atmosphere important, 
And the church atmosphere is important. But the values that the family has. I know that in the in the community that we are in, that there are certain values that are transmitted to the children. What is one of them? Get a good education. Develop your creativity. Have deep, long-lasting friendships. Be committed to one another in relationships. These are family values that are part of the body of Christ. How do we handle our money? I have been told that the Chinese do not like debt. <laughs> and we pay our bills. <laughs> but I can tell you that is something that is a value that is passed on to the next generation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That it is modeling that goes to the next generation. And our relationships in our marriages and how we relate to the children. Primarily, parents are the model what is important. Now, when we talk about these generational effects, some of you will be saying, Ugh! I came from a very difficult background. Is there hope for me to reverse some of those generational effects? And the answer is absolutely yes. Many of the generational effects can be reversed if they've been hurtful. Some people have had very horrifying images of God. Perhaps there was very conditional loving. Perhaps I've learned not to feel very good about myself. These things can be reversed. They can be changed. And we can pass on something better to our children and our children's children. And let me just say this. I, I, I ask you to listen to this very, very carefully. Healing comes in the context of a healing relationship. Many of you know that I am a psychologist. I am not a pastor. And I work with people in therapy all, all, the, all week long. The word therapy comes from the word therapeuto which means healing. And you, and, I'm, and I mean you, sitting here today, 
can provide a healing relationship for somebody. Somebody that doesn't feel very lovable, you can say I love you. Someone that does not feel very valuable, you can say I value you. Someone that does not feel very forgivable, you say I forgive you. And someone that doesn't believe that they can change, you say, you know what? You can change. You're making good changes in your life. And God has charged us as the church to be models. For the next generation. And that modeling takes place in how we handle our bodies. So let me make these five quick points and then we'll be done for this morning. That God has given us a body. And God has told us to care for our bodies. So we are going to, I don't know if I can do it now, <laughs> we're going to exercise a little bit, and we are going to rest, and we are going to eat, sometimes we eat too much, and we're going to make sure we see our doctor for health care. And we are going to keep our bodies pure. That's what God has asked us to do. So get your feet moving. Because the young people of the church are looking at us as examples. I just started reading a new book. I want to share it with you this morning. The title is called The Daniel Plan. And the author is Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Church. They have about 25,000 members in their church in California. And he heard a message similar to what I'm preaching this morning. And he began to realize that he had, that, uh, what happened is he was baptizing people. And he said, These people are getting heavier and heavier. And he said, and he looked at himself and he said, I'm getting heavier and heavier. And he said, I'm going to start taking responsibility for my body. So he confessed to the church. He said, I wonder if somebody will join me in helping me and be accountable with me. He thought a few people would raise their hand. 
Twelve-thousand people agreed to join in. Oh, you And in in nine months, they lost two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So I'm going to read this book. What do you think? It's called it's called the Daniel Plan. And he took his whole church through it. <laughs> so, so maybe I'll talk to Pastor Wong and see if he's interested. <laughs> so that's it for our body. We have to take care of our bodies. And then we have to take care of our minds. This is what we think about. And uh, the question is, is what goes on between your ears? What goes on in your mind? What are you thinking about? Now remember, we're talking about leaving something for the next generation. And the next generation is looking at us as the model. So can we eat better and exercise more? Can we, can we take care of our bodies better? Because we're modeling for the next generation. Can we think better? What we allow into our minds will affect what we do. The Bible says that as a man, as a woman thinks in their heart, so they are. And Romans 12 talks about presenting your bodies before the Lord as a living what? As a living sacrifice. And then the scripture says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So be aware of what you are saying to yourself about yourself. And, and as a church, I beg you to say to yourself what God says to you about you. And you know what that is. That we are lovable, valuable, forgivable, changeable, and never alone. That is what God says to us about us. And, and that is what should be in our mind. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and following. Talks, talks about the things that we are to think about. Those things that are good and right and holy. And if there is a good report, think on these 
things. So that's our thinking part. That's our mind. And they're at the library and they're reading good books. <laughs> and then we have be careful what we are taking to the next generation in our emotions. The, the feelings that we have. Our children will look up to us and model how we are emotionally. How do you manage your feelings? Do you clam up? Like do you bottle up your feelings inside? Or do you blow up? Neither of those are very healthy. What God wants us to do is to be able to express our emotions in ways that don't cause harm to us and do not cause harm to other people. So I would say don't clam up. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what's, what is the Chinese word for clam up. Okay, you hold it in, right? Don't do that. Because your body will not react well to that. You'll, you'll, you'll get sick or else you'll get depressed. If you hold those emotions in too much, they will, you, they will affect your body. Do you believe me? I'm a psychologist. I know these things. But don't blow up. Because if you blow up, you break things and hurt people. Find some healthy ways to express your emotions. Peter Scazzaro wrote a wonderful book called The Emotionally Healthy Church. Something that I, I would highly recommend. Now we're in, in, in this book, the 40 day plan. See, I'm very jealous of Rick Warren now. Because in this book that just came out within the last two months. He's taking his church through taking care of their body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your emotions, taking care of your relationships, and taking care of your spiritual life. And I'm jealous because he wrote the book. <laughs> God will help me. <laughs> But in our relationships within the church, is there a sense of loyalty to one another? Do we really, do we really care when someone is sick to reach out to them? And say, you know, I, I love you and I'm praying for you.
develop courtesy and respect. And that we are patient with one another. That's one of the things in our in our culture today is too much everything has to be my way. And, and one of the great disciplines is to realize I don't always have to get my own way. <laughs> but in our friendships, do we develop confidentiality? Where we keep our word is our bond. And there's a certain that deep sense of loyalty. Okay, are you with me so far? So now we're talking about what God's word says about generations. And we're talking about generational effects. And we're talking about the family. But we're also talking about the body of Christ. That all of us are the big people for somebody. And just like, and just like that picture, that picture shows a big person in the life of a child. That is exactly what we are to the younger people in our church. And I, I really mean that. Today, today, while you're at lunch, go up to someone that's younger than you and bless them. And let them know that you're glad that they're there today. And the spiritual part of our life is foundational to everything else. As the engineer would say, this is where we have the great foundation to build upon. These are the disciplines of the spiritual life. They include inward disciplines and outward disciplines and corporate disciplines. This, this means uh, coming to church. That means during the week reading your Bible. Uh, spending time in quiet prayer. Praying for the sick amongst us. Uh, joining in the small group. Uh, being part of the great community that's here. And, and realize that the younger people are looking to us as the model. And that over time, children will do what we do more than what we say. And making sure that we our lives are aligned with the Word of God. So I ask you this morning, and I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I say this to myself, I say it to Marcy, I say it to me, and I say it to you. Join in this generational effects and understand them. That was too much. <laughs> my brother is doing a great job today. <laughs> 
But I, I, this is something that weighs on my heart every single day. The people that I work with in the office who come so hurt sometimes and so broken. I look at them and I also look at their children and I think about their children's children. And we begin to make some changes for the generations. And I ask you as a body of Christ, will, will, you, will you accept the challenge of the responsibility of passing on something good to the next generation? By taking care of your body, by taking care of your mind, by dealing well with your emotions, by building good relationships, and having that wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But I, I know that just like dieting, change is not easy. Someone once said, anything that is worth doing is worth doing wrong until you learn to do it right. And, and we'll make mistakes. And we will not do it perfectly. And sometimes our feelings will get hurt. But if we have the vision for the next generation, God will bless. We need a good critical care change in our own hearts. It is character that will be passed to the next generation. And we begin to take today, I mean leaving here today, we take the long view. We begin to look at those that are younger than us. The young families. The young parents. The teenagers. The single young adults. The children. And we bless them. In the name of Jesus Christ. And if you will sow an action. You will reap a habit. And if you sow a habit, you will reap a character. And if you sow a character, you will reap a destiny. And the Lord keeps his covenant of love to a thousand Generation. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, dear friend. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's.